Good morning. Welcome to Wine Women and Writing Radio. I'm your host, Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and we talk here about stories with complex, authentic females, as well as the issues that women face in real life and how these translate into great reads. We're proud to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and we're excited today to have New York Times bestselling author Mary Alice Monroe on to talk about her newest novel, Beach House Reunion. And for those of you that are not lucky enough to already know about Mary Alice. She is truly fascinating and passionate woman who found her calling in environmental fiction when she moved to lovely coastal South Carolina. She was already a successful author at the time, but was captivated by the beauty and fragility of her new home. And those experiences living in the midst of that habitat quickly um, gave her a strong and important focus for her novels. Lucky for us. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Writing, Mary Alice. Oh, hello. Good morning and Hello, everybody. Good morning. Well, I was really intrigued first by your biography, because for someone with such obvious passion and commitment to um, the issues that uh, the South Carolina coastal area experiences, yeah. you're not a native. Where, where do you come from, Mary Ellis? Well, no, I'm not. Or as Pat Conroy said, um, are you sure you weren't born here? <laughs> so here in South Carolina, we have the Kumyas and the Benyas. And the Benyas were born here. And so I'm a Kumya, and so is Pat a Kumya. And I think I, I was born in Chicago, right outside Evanston, Illinois, and moved away when I was young, about 18. Well, my father was in the public health service during the war years, and so we moved around a bit and learned how to talk actually in New Orleans. <laughs> and that's where I think that Southern accent came from. When I, so when I moved here, I was right at home. I, you won't hear it in my voice now though. And I guess when we moved here permanently about 20 years ago, and we'd been coming to South Carolina Isle of Palms for about 10 years already, I felt like I had come home. It was, it was truly um, a mecca for someone like me who loves the ocean. And right behind me is the salt marsh with all the birds and the, you know, the wading birds and the migrating birds. And then not far away are the mountains. So it's, it's perfect. And I've, I love it here, but I think because I wasn't born here and I came from Washington, D.C. when my husband was at the NIH for 12 years, mm-hmm. I saw such destruction of land and habitat for growth uh, over a 10-year period that when I moved here, I saw the fragility and I thought this could disappear if we don't raise awareness of all the threats. And we've been fighting ever since. We're our own worst enemies, aren't we? Well, when it comes to landscape, I think we can be very, we as a species can be very arrogant and without, you know, thinking we're the top of the heap rather than the new thinking is that we're part of the whole picture. And right. it's really a much more pleasurable place to be. Absolutely. And there's nothing worse than going to a, a gorgeous um, uh, e- ecosystem with creatures that have been there without our interference for millenniums and seeing beer cans and tire tracks and yeah I'm I'm currently um, in Wyoming and the yeah. uh, national forest here the you know the just 
the things that people do just so casually, as you said, arrogantly, so casually and arrogantly about um, not preserving and not treasuring what we have because it's heartbreaking. So you then wove this beautiful landscape into your books. And congratulations, by the way, on Beach House Reunion. Thank you. Uh, I really, I enjoyed it so much. Um, and this, yeah, it's one of my, I, I loved it too. This book, I had a lot to say. Yeah. I, and I have some questions because I was very fascinated by a few of the female characters' journeys. And I yeah. also, also was wanting you to just kind of tell everybody a little bit about it first. What, what caused you to pick this story to write at this stage in the Rutledge family saga? Well, for those who have, haven't read the series, um, I, this book was not written that you have to read. This, whole, this book or the whole series wasn't written where you have to read each book in order. You can pick up Beach House Reunion and read it as a standalone novel. And that's my craft. As an author, I don't expect everyone to have read all my books. So I like to create one story with the heroines coming in and the, and the story question and let the reader feel a full beginning, middle, and an end. And then if they finish it and they like it, they can go back like Star Wars. You know, you go back. <laughs> or if you've read all the books, though, and I have a lot of readers who've read them, or a lot of people who just recently saw the Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, The Beach House, they fell in love with the film and the people and they're starting to read from fresh. So it's it doesn't matter because each book is written as a standalone. But that said, I do have a historic family, the Rutledges of Charleston. And they have a beach house on Isle of Palms. And it's typical for families in Charleston for generations to live in the city and have a beach house, either here or Sullivan's Island. And this family, has moved forward from the first book every few years I would write it again when I had something more I wanted to say like the founding of the sea turtle hospital or the shorebirds or just to bring in um, as I brought in an issue that was important to me as a conservationist I studied it but the story revolved around the family and so every few years over the course of now we're at 13 years from the first to this one you've seen all the characters change their lives evolve and the young children become adults in this book so it it it's been a real joy to write and i think now my fans really are are committed to this family like they're real people and frankly in my head they are real people <laughs> so when i wrote this book i well actually let's start the last one last summer i wrote beach house for rent Yes. And in that book, it was quite emotional. And I didn't plan on writing another book for a couple of years because I have a lot of other stories I want to write. And my fans wrote in droves and said, please don't make us wait two more years because something really important happened in Beach House for Rent. Please, won't you move forward right away? And I understood, but I felt I owed it to them yes. to not make them wait. So... The idea they were giving me lots of ideas too. They're writing, "Here's what we want you to do," and I'm, "Oh, that's actually a really good idea." It was it was the first time that's ever happened, and because they're so invested in the characters, yes. And so I did realize that with the word reunion being the key, 
and 13, 15 years passing from the Beach House, the first book to this one, that these characters and the story arc of some of them took five books to tell for them to mature. So this is a story of the family reunion where the primary heroine, Kara, comes home and back at the beach house. And a lot of families across the country have reunions in a beach house or a mountain house in Wyoming, you know, wherever they gather. And when families gather, there are always those, oh, bad destructive patterns that emerge or hurts that bubble up. And sometimes people don't accept the individual for the grown-up that they are. They still see them as they remember them in the nursery. So when you all get together in closed confines, a lot bubbles up. Yes. And two things happen. Anger can bubble up. But with love, and I wanted to show this, with love and understand, compassion, and really support for one another, you can destroy the broke the patterns that break a family, just destroy them and recreate new bonds. So then when you all go home, you go home thinking, I really want to see that person again. I'm so happy we got together rather than go home with anger. And I wanted to show that these bonds of family are forever. I love and that's, that. to me, that's why I loved this book. I really did. And, you know, when you when you go home and, and, and you have that compassion and that forgiveness and destroy those, like you're saying, those negative patterns, you forget yes. the bad stuff and you just love. And Isn't that right? Yes. I felt that in this book. I thought it was just okay. beautiful. And I tell you, I'm, I want to talk about just almost everything you said, and we don't have <laughs> three days to do it. But I will ask you this. So with Kara, and, and obviously um, Kara, yeah. Kara was emerging from a, a place of pain. Um, yes. And the big surprise at the beginning of this book, the her newfound joy in writing, yes. and writing about a woman <laughs> who's found motherhood thinking that she had lost that opportunity forever. Oh, my goodness. And do you know what, do you know what surprised me when I did the research that Right now, there's a, a rising number of women in their 50s adopting. Wow. And I thought that was amazing. These are women who've had careers and who are now like, you know, it's not too late. I feel good. I'm healthy. And I have my success and I have some money. I can do this. Or you have mothers who've had children who are grown up and gone and they feel like empty nesters and they're adopting another child. So it's a, it's a trend now in this country for women in their 50s to adopt. And Which I think it's very cool. There's, it's wonderful. There's so many kids that need a family. Yes. Yeah, yes. One of These the, women have experience. Yes, they do. They have a lot to offer. And yet they still feel mm -hmm. just as, oh, insecure about their mothering skills. <laughs> yes. As yes. And fatigue. That's a common for any age. Fatigue. Oh <laughs> I've, I've always I've always wondered how someone does it that has a baby that they care for at the age that I am, because I think, oh, it's a hard. Thing. Well, my grandson's living with me now with my daughter and he's just barely two. And for the last two years, it's been a, a miracle of joy because to watch this baby in my house again. But 
holy moly, it takes a lot of energy. (laughs) I I don't think I can do it. (laughs) Absolutely. We have empathy for for Kara in her journey. Um, And he's also having to contemplate other types of new beginnings as well. Yes. And very tough thing. Do you want to talk any about that? I don't want to take you too far into things that might spoil it, but. um, No, I I don't think it does. I think it's, it's, shows you that there are new beginnings exactly there, for each character for Kara, not she comes home with a child but she also has have to let go of the pains of the past and love after love is wow. there love after love and this is a big question for a lot of people through divorce or or widowhood is is it possible that i can feel this again and she had some lessons to learn about what she had to let go of in terms of expectations and so i i I think the ending for me with the release of a sea turtle and it, that came full circle. The whole season from the turtles coming in and laying the eggs and then the nesting and then the injured turtles coming through and release. That's, that's a cycle of life. And that is what the parallel was for Kara, the cycle of life. There's, there's good and bad, but it still continues in and out like the ocean. And I think readers, if they feel that, will feel inspired. Oh, it was it was very very inspiring, and and the turtle's name Thank is Big, Big Girl, which I love. Big Girl, which is you know we ask, that's actually based on a true story, and I won't tell the readers everything <laughs> of the first turtle that we had, in, and I wrote a book about it. That was the swimming lessons book in the series. Um, it's when we founded the Sea Turtle Hospital with the first turtle, but the first turtle we had, who I named Big Girl in my novel, we called Stinky. <laughs> I didn't think I wanted to name it. We gave it the name Stinky. Not a very poetic name, (laughs) but But she came back. But probably very fitting. Well, she came back. Wonderful. Well, I loved the name Big Girl because I thought that was fitting in some ways, too. Don't you think so? I do, too. There is some symbolism there. But then you also had the younger generation coming in in this book. Right. And I thought that was beautiful for her to become an adult and become – a turtle lady herself and find her and find purpose again. Yes. You know, this is a lot of kids, you know, when they graduate from college, they're supposed to know what they want to be when they grow up and they, they're not getting the jobs they want. They're, they're sort of out there going, what do I do now? And they lose themselves. And I felt her coming home and remembering her passions, remembering who she is inside and what her real goals are was critical. And then of course, the young man who in the first book he was six now he's 18 um cooper represents a really wonderful young man of means graduating from high school who gets caught in an epidemic in this country the opiate and drug epidemic and it happens to all families of all economic um, grades so it's not it, it's it's across the country, and it's a real problem. So I wanted to raise that yeah. for our readers, and and to raise it with with the ability, giving them the ability, the families that read your books, to face it with less shame, because it's not shameful. It's an addiction. It is not. Yes. And it's yes. It is an addiction, and I felt the more you know, it, it's one of the lessons I learned from Pat Conroy, you know, who wrote about families and their ailments a lot is that you say it, you say it out loud and you, you champion it to prevent shame because it happens in all families. 
Absolutely. And you had me at Pat Conroy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I miss him so much. Everyone does. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, So I also just think that the timing of getting to talk to you so soon after the success of the Beach House on uh, Hall of Fame. I want to hear how that went for you. Was it fun? Oh, my goodness. That, to see my words come alive in such a beautiful way is surreal. Plus, you know, the whole story of how Andy McDowell and I met, I don't know if you heard that story. Yeah, She's talked no. about it. It was um, when I wrote The Beach House in 2000, uh, I, I had pictures of Andy McDowell up in my room because I often do that. I pick an actress or an actor to be in my head the character I'm writing so right. I can have the visual. And so she was Kara. And so fast forward 15, 16 years, and I'm coming home on a book tour from Atlanta to Charleston, and who's on that little puddle jumper but Andy McDowell. You're kidding. And I sat behind her, and I was my heart was going pitter-patter because I wanted to say hello to her, but I didn't want to be that author who <laughs> bothers me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so I decided in my mind that I wasn't going to say anything because it was 11 o'clock at night. And I get out, and you know how you stand beside the plane to wait for your luggage to be delivered, and she stood next to me, and I thought, okay. This is, this is my moment. So I introduced myself and I told her about how she was inspira- inspiring to me for the beach house. And she was so kind, which is so true to nature for this woman. And she asked me the name of the book and she pulled out a piece of paper and wrote it down. And I was pretty impressed. And I said, thank you very much, grabbed my luggage and walked off. And as I walked out through the airport, I saw in the bookstore at the airport, a huge poster of my current book and all my backlist and I'm like thank you Jesus (laughs) (laughs) timing is everything and she later said she walked out of the airport and she saw the poster and looked at her little list and she went in and bought the book she read it and bought bought it so she championed this book to be a, a film and she wanted it to be a Hallmark Hall of Fame because that has the reputation and the quality associated with it because the story is very deep and she didn't want it trivialized and Hallmark did a wonderful job and I am particularly thrilled with the actors. I thought Mika Kelly was a great uh, Kara because Andy McDowell now chose years later to play the role of Lovey and she played it with great restraint and because it was a woman who was ill. And the this big surprise for me was Chad Michael Murray, who just stole the show as Brett. He is Brett in my <laughs> mind. He was such a low country boy. And I think the whole production really shone also because they brought awareness to sea turtles. Yeah. It was beautifully done and I feel that even the people who have not read my books will still become aware of the beauty of the sea turtles through the film. I saw so it some, was quite wonderful. I saw some comments on Facebook on a, a, a post about the movie where people were talking about the sea turtle awareness. That yeah. They literally were saying, thank you, thank you, because I didn't realize the plight that they had, and I thought that was super cool. Isn't that wonderful? That transcends everything I do. That's sort of the why of my writing. People don't read my novels because they want to learn about a species, but in woven as a backdrop for the for the characters and the story, you know, the the loves and the heartbreaks and the struggles and the successes, all that goes on in our lives is what people come to my books for. 
but they close it and they realize that they've learned about an animal and they've come more importantly, they've learned to care. And if they care, they'll take care. Absolutely. Well, one of the things just from, from talking to you that, you know, I, I think is clear to anybody that's listening is that a purpose driven woman like you, like you're saying the why of why you write and what a difference that makes in anything you do, whether it's writing or whether it's whatever is your mission and your walk of life. And I just, I yes, agree. Just, love it and so appreciate you sharing all this with us. Thank you. Well, I do believe that if you have passion about anything in life, you'll never really work because you just are enjoying life. And it's hard, but the joys are so magnificent. And to make a difference in your own life, my motto is light one candle. You can't save the the whole world, especially the environment. We're all inundated with how bad the world is and climate change is destroying everything. And I think people are feeling overwhelmed. I just say, don't think about that. Don't think globally, act locally. Light one candle. When you're on the beach or in the mountains and you see that one beer can, pick up that one beer can and you lit one candle. And if all of us do that one little gesture, not use a plastic straw or don't use a plastic balloon over the ocean, just one gesture. I think if we all did that, then the world would be so much better. So not don't be overwhelmed. Just do one little thing each day. So all of us listening can do that today. We can light one candle for Mary Alice and for all of us. (laughs) Thank you. There you go. And for for our fragile blue planet. And I I consider each book I write lighting one candle. I just want to entertain and to inspire. Well, you did that with Beach House Reunion for sure. Thank you. Now, are there any upcoming events or conferences where people can come and meet you and get a signed book? What do you have scheduled? Well, I have a book tour just beginning. And if they come to Facebook, Uh um, Mary Alice Monroe. Now, I have two Facebook pages. One is a conservation page where people can learn more about the issues. The other is my book page where you'll get all the fun books and a lot of prizes. And also my website, Mary Alice Monroe, M-O-N-R-O-E dot com. And you'll see my book tour. So that's happening. I know for anyone in in, um, Illinois and South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, I'll be heading California later. But all these areas, I, I have stops. And it's always hard not to go everywhere, but I have that next book to write. <laughs> exactly. And, and I, I can empathize with that completely. And I suppose if people are also liking the idea of getting involved with some of the comforts, conservation efforts that you champion, there's not only your website, but your Facebook page as well, like you said. So. That's right. I have a conservation page. But I really hope that people, um, just if they've never read any of the books, start with Beach House Reunion. It's, it's a beginning, a middle end. It's, it's a book that stands alone. And if you like it, try some more. But really, I don't, feel, I don't want anyone to feel, oh, it's not the first book. 
no, you can start with this one. No, and I, I will t attest to that because it was the first of yours that I read, and now I'm going back. Oh, and really? It. Okay. I had no problem whatsoever with starting there, and I felt embraced by the characters and involved in their lives in the setting, and I never felt like I need a, a reference. I felt like this is the story I was meant to start with, so it was great. And also, if people want to watch the um, Hallmark Hall of Fame, The Beach House, it is still... Um, on the Hallmark Channel, and it's available to stream at any time. And I think that some of the Hallmark star stores are now carrying the, um, what do you call it, this, DVD. So <laughs> people can watch the movie. It premiered, but Hallmark will show it again and again. Well, that's fantastic that it's streaming. In this, in this world of complex technology, as you and I were discussing <laughs> earlier, Sometimes it's wonderful advances and sometimes it's just confusing. But streaming, I can do streaming. <laughs> I love streaming and I can't wait to Yeah, watch that's it. easy. <laughs> well, it's Mary, a good movie. I was really impressed. So thank you, Hallmark. They do, like you're saying, Hallmark uh, Hall of Fame. They do good work. And yes. I'm looking forward to seeing it. My husband and I don't actually subscribe to television channels anymore. So we have to go out and seek the things we want. But this will be one of the things now on my Thank you. To watch list. And well, I think I, men are liking it. And I think women who are on turtle teams throughout the Southeast are saying to their husbands, I want you to watch this so you know what I do out there. <laughs> I'm working hard here. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mary Alice, thank you so much for being on with me today. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Everything. Well, this was fun, and, and I really enjoyed it myself, and love to everybody. Awesome. And everybody out there, thank you for joining us. This show's been a copyrighted production solely owned by Authors on the Air Global Network. Until next time, here's to real women, good wine, and really good books. Thank you.